Welcome to the GOGcast, the official podcast of North Wales-based GOG triathlon, Welsh Super Series champions and wearers of the best kit in Wales. Join us while we chat swimming, running and cycling and interview some famous and not-so-famous names in sport. Whether you're experienced or a beginner looking to try the sport, the GOGcast is the place to be. So get your padded cycling shorts on, tie those running shoes up tight, spit on your goggles to stop them steaming up, and join your hosts, John and Michelle Farrell, inside the GOGcast. Mrs. F. Mr. F. How are you? I'm wonderful, John. Thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. A bit achy. Bit Still. Suffering. Yeah, yeah, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. Because what a momentous few weeks it's few week, few weeks it's been. It feels like a bit of an endurance special this episode, I think. There's been some incredible performances by some fantastic people in the club, hasn't there? Yes. It's sort of come to the pinnacle of the year just in time for landing no try but just before that everybody sort of hit the heights and um we should talk about them and, and, and talk about what everyone's done because we've had some special special competitions haven't we we have and i think the place to start has to be ironman wales in tembe ironman wales. beginning of the month of september and we had uh, seven gogs head down south to take part in this one after months and months of training i think i saw on gary's facebook post she'd said the culmination of 12 months of training it's just an immense commitment to a race it says isn't it, it says. and when it all comes together on race day it's just wonderful paula told me that she hadn't given the children breakfast for the rest of this year so far and they were be uh, they were looking forward to her being there at breakfast time because she's been out running or cycling every single morning. So that's the sort of commitment it takes to to become an Ironman. So tell us who actually went down to Tenby this year and took part in Ironman Wales. So Chris Beardmore, Blethyn Evans, Paula Stevens, Gary Evans, Kevin Evans, Carlo Galliotti. And Ian Cummins with the seven gogs that travelled down. Now, from those, um, I think we had two that put in a cracking run who I'd like to mention. So Chris Beardmore did his marathon um, in four hours and 13. It's mad. And Bled, he did his in four hours and 16, which is just incredible. After the, the swim and the 112 mile bike to put in... A marathon that's just over four hours. And, and and added on to that, Carlo had a absolutely storming swim, fantastic bike, and then what happened? I think he was injured on the run. So, uh, but he got through it. He got to the end, and he is an Ironman. You know, they and are. that is, it's just the determination to get through and get to the end, and that's what makes Iron Men stand out from everybody else they are all 
an Ironman now and all that training has, has been um, worthwhile I'm sure they had a lovely lovely day for it I know the, the water was a bit choppy I believe yes I understand it was um, but the atmosphere on the beach made up for it with um, uh, the national uh, both national anthems and uh, I think they had a uh, um, minute silence as well uh, for that but uh, I think the Welsh national anthem on the beach is, is normally well worth just being there for so uh we'd love to have been there to see it but i mean we had other things going on but um fantastic guys you you are an iron man gives you goosebumps it does doesn't it It but i think interestingly i didn't realize this fact until uh, we started looking of the 1706 who completed the full iron man only 169 are females which I didn't realise there were so few females um, taking part and completing. No. Um, and, you know, we had two of those 169 from our very own club. So, well done. Yeah, because I said it does give, you know, it does take a lot of your life. Um, I mean, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't find the time to do it. Could you? Not right now, no. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> just, it just doesn't fit in with life. The, the, the commitment to the training and the time you have to give up and Blood and Gary both did it, and uh, to to get around that and to plan that around the family as well uh, must have been um, mind-boggling. Yeah, with children, full-time jobs, and yeah, both husband and wife uh, training. You know, at least if I were to do it, you could pick up the slack maybe, <laughs> and uh, you know, do everything. But if you're both doing it, then you still need to get home. You still need to run the children around their activities, cook their dinner, uniforms ready. So, yeah, just massive, massive congratulations, guys. We are in awe of you, every single one. And we look forward to seeing all the tattoos over the next few months uh, appearing on um, different parts of the body, don't we? Um, and and t- just one last little bit about it. Carlo didn't actually tell anyone he was, he was doing it. No, he surprised me on the day, on the tracker. I was like, Carlo's there? <laughs> I had so, no idea. I think, um, I think Paul Algieri found out, but he, but he didn't tell anyone else. He, j- he just went. So uh, That's how I would do it, yeah. Carlo. Kudos, Carlo. But That's, yeah, quietly train and just uh, get on with it without letting anybody know. To you all, and um, well done, guys, well done. Uh, and today has been the priority uh, link for next year already. So uh, what day is it today? 21st. So I know one person that's got in already, and that's uh, Paul Sanders. So uh, let's see who else uh, takes a leaf out of the other guy's book over this uh, next couple of months and gets a entry into it. Well done. Just a little bit of thunderstruck there because I thought uh, that would be uh, just bring back a few memories for them. So uh, that's what they play. Those of you who haven't done an Ironman event, that's what they play just before you go in the water. So that gives me shivers as well because after doing the 70.3, I remember it. Um, uh, and I'm sure it did with Steph as well. Right, but not only Ironman, we had so much going on. Oh, and just, just one, one little thing about Ironman. We will get... 
um, as a guest, one or two of our, our new Ironmans. Ironman? <laughs> no, no, it's not Ironman. But we'll, we'll get we'll get a couple of the Ironman um, competitors uh, on the show over the next couple of months to, to chat about their experience, I think. That'll be good, that. That would be, be really good. good. Yes, I look forward to that. So what else have we had going on, anyway? So, it's, uh, like I said before, endurance um, events. And another one was the Abu Dhabi swim. 13 kilometres. Tired walking it. In the swim. Thirteen kilometres—that's just insane. And the thing is, it's against—it's it's when the tide's going out, so you're swimming against the tide all the time. So it's—it's it's actually. Oh, that's exhausting. That's even worse. You don't even get—it's not like even going to the D and getting the. No, because when I did the the Chester Diva, it was upstream for the first half and then downstream for the rest. Um, so at least you knew you had that to look forward to. But uh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, so Joni Stubbs Thrush. Uh, Pete Ridding and Julie Heckenast all completed the Abu Dhabi swim. So well done Brilliant. to you Brilliant. Well three. done, guys. Well done. Incredible. Incredible. Um, another event, Sandman. Uh, that's one. That was my first triathlon. Always aim oh, high, Sandman. Newbra Beach. It's just, it's still one of my favourite triathlons. You did it as a uh, relay first time, didn't you? And then did it yourself. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that was my first taste of racing. Um I w- yeah, I just did the bike leg. Always uh, a great day out. Before I even ran, so. Always uh, a great day out. Always a great event as well. So Merv Jones um, competed in that one. He got fourth in age group. Oh, well done, Merv. Uh, Claire Parsley, first in age group and eighth female. So uh, well done, Claire. Fantastic. You know, I spoke to Claire a few days before and she said to me, oh, God, I'm just going to go and do it. I'm not ready for it at all. And then... Um, she goes and does that. Smashed you know, just it. Just shows it. <laughs> uh, Dinah Hazeldean, she took part, as did Matthew Duffy and Felicity Aries. Well done, well done. Um, then there was a standard as well. Uh, Dan Wellings took part in that. He was fourth in his age. He's he's doing really oh, well, isn't Dan. he? Everything yeah. he does. And then oh, the other, um, Ewan Davis took part. Um, no, not only did he take part, he was third overall in the Savage so for the Savage, you do the sprint on the Saturday and then the standard on the Sunday. So you've got those tired legs and you go, yeah, again the next day and further as well. So uh, yeah, I think the Savage is a great event. It does, yeah. So, but yeah. to be third overall is just really, really impressive. Well yeah, done, Ewan. Yeah, well done, Ewan. That's a great performance and uh, <clears throat> takes something special to do that. Speaking of special... We have a very special <laughs> mention. This is madness. This is we we've, we've, we we've spoken about this event on another podcast with Doddy. Yes. And um, so when I heard this guy was going to do it, I thought he's just mad, mate. You're oh, mad. Mark Hemsley took part in the double brutal triathlon recently. Now it's just mind-boggling distances. So. His swim was 4.8 miles in Padam. How do you keep warm for 4.8 miles in Padam? Swim fast, Mad. I guess. Then the bike, 228 <laughs> miles yeah. um, around Nantguinan Park and Penna Pass. So it's not flat either. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty quite, brutal. Yeah, yeah, it's quite hilly, quite gnarly. And then, a f- how many miles? 51 miles. 51 miles. 51 mile run. Sorry, you can tell that John wrote the notes for that bit <laughs> because I... I thought I'd, I thought I was reading it wrong. Fifty-one mile run to the top of Snowdon, mm-hmm. and 
not only did he complete it, but he actually finished in fifth place. Incredible. So, um, massive respect to you, Mark. That's just incredible. Very well done. It's a mad event. It's, it's an absolute mad event. So, it, you know, to, to do something like that, I saw the photographs on uh, social media, um, and he just smiling all the time do it doing it you know it's uh, brilliant Mark. brilliant absolute kudos to you <coughs> now i know michelle doesn't like us talking about ourselves so um but i thought we had to have this segment in because it's good to do a race review for people because i know uh, there are a few people interested in doing this race and uh, again it's one of the ones that uh, uh, doddy on his podcast spoke about and he spoke about uh, the, the way he had hallucinated and things, you know, and that's the Equinox 24. So, Mrs. F and myself went down to Leicestershire to a place called, what well, actually, I feel a bit stupid, but I was calling it Belvoir Castle. But what's it actually called? Beaver Castle. Beaver Castle. <laughs> now, I'd, I have no idea. It's spelt Belvoir, but it's pronounced Beaver and and somebody may correct me on this, but I believe it's because when the French came over, the local and, and named it Belvoir Castle, the local people there couldn't pronounce it, so they called it Beaver Castle. So um, it's it's been called that ever since. So I was telling everybody about Belvoir. It's a good job I didn't have to stop and ask for directions. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Belvoir Castle, Beaver, still still doing it. Beaver Castle. Uh, in Leicestershire, in Grantham in Leicestershire. It's a big castle on a hill, and it's um, on one side of it, it's got this massive flat area, isn't it, uh, which is used for camping and uh, other events. And it was beautiful, wasn't it? It was, absolutely stunning. And I would go as far as to say it was my favourite road, well, it's not road, but running race that I've ever done. Let's just... just because people don't know what it is. It's it's basically a 24-hour event where you get to run 10-kilometre laps on mixed terrain. Uh, there's some um, pavements, some roads, some gnarly fields, um, hills, all sorts of things, isn't it? And um, you run that day and night, 24 hours, midday Saturday to midday Sunday, and you try and get as many laps in as you possibly can. And... Uh, the winner is the one that does the most laps. And they have teams taking part, so they might have, what, seven in a team, is it? You can have a small team, which I think is up to seven, and then a large team, um, which is... Oh, they seem to have eight, didn't they, in all the teams that we spoke to. Yeah. They also have pairs, so but only one of you can be out on the course at any time. And then you have your solos, which is what we were. So we could be on the course together and that's exactly what we did we stayed together from the beginning until the end well that wasn't the plan no the plan was i would i was <laughs> aiming for five laps um trying potentially to push it to six um to get 60k um the history of this is i actually booked it after speaking to doddy i thought you know i'd love to do this so i said to michelle would you come and support me down at beaver castle to do this <laughs> And she said, yeah, well, if I'm coming to support you, I might as well run. But I'll just do five or six laps if I can. That'd be brilliant. And I said, well, that's fine, because if you go to bed, I'll just carry on and do my own thing. Never happened like that. Uh, the strongest person in the uh, here was actually Michelle. And so uh, she got me through a lot of it, because when I got a, uh, a bad uh, 
couple of, of laps uh, in the middle. But um, basically, we started at 12 and we ran. I think we finished about quarter to 11 the next day, didn't we? But we had a couple of little breaks for food and to change uh, stuff like that. But it's a brilliant event. We camped down there. There was hundreds of people camping. Brilliant campground. Brilliant facilities. So the toilets and things were so clean. We never uh, queued once for a toilet. No, no. Um, and also, it's so family friendly. So um, they have a kid's race in the morning off the Saturday and then there's a beer run the night before there's entertainment um and the kids as we were running around the support we had from them saying you know well done and offering us sweets it was just a, a remarkable experience that and one else that'll stay with me for a very long time I'm, I'm chuffed a bit so we ran 100k and it wasn't even hard it was just I smiled the whole time to you the did. point where people kept saying you still smiling <laughs> yes i am <laughs> we met some people down there that are quite well known in fact we met another gog as well martin oh, yeah. witty we did he was running with the striders yeah yeah and, it's part uh, of a team yeah yeah and so he collared us and so he was a gog although he was running with them um there was a, a guy dressed up as a morph in um uh, Sitsidowski, yes uh, who does it for charity every year um incredible guy uh, runs around in this thing. When it gets dark, he can't even see out of the costume. Yeah, it's mad. Then he changes into a into an American footballer outfit. So, um, it, challenging course, but interesting. I'd really interesting yeah. and really. Nice. And I think as we went on around and around, as we got to know the course, we found the bits where we had to walk and we had to run, um, and we had special names for places and things like that. We we had the um, uh, the, the Nobbly Fields. And then um, what I call the, the M6, which is a long straight. <laughs> and then... Um, <laughs> there were a couple you can't say on here because they include swear words for, for that hill. Well, let's say that the, 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 uh, the blasted hill. Yes, as you came to call it. Um, and then there's another hill called Not That Hill, which is a long hill. And at the top of that was the um, was where I always look forward to, a glass of cold water. So cold water hill. And then there was uh, the downhill and another blasted hill. So as you can see, we had a great time. We did, and we we're did. still living off it now. We, we are. We a few are. days later. We did 10 laps. We did, uh, although we had to run a little bit more at the end of it to make up the 100 kilometres. Um, yeah, because the laps were 9.9. 9. <laughs> and, and as I said, we, um, it's, it's one that people should do. If you want to be an ultra runner, if you want to try um, running for a long time, then that's the one one place to do it because it's you're coming back to the same point every time. So you can stop at any time if you want to. The support is fantastic. The communication and the arrangements were, were brilliant. Um, uh, Johnny and Laura uh, of Equinox 24 can't be praised enough uh, for that. Um, it, you, do, you do find that it gets quite cold at night. At one point, at one point Michelle had every single item of clothing she owned on. Uh, we took <laughs> a suitcase. Well, I looked at her suitcase. It was empty. Uh, and uh, I think you had two pairs of uh, running lungs on, didn't you? About four I do. Tops. Yeah, I do feel the cold. I had yeah two layers on the bottom, and then I think six on the top, and my arm warmers and, 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 and two and buffs. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel the cold. It's... And the funny bit was that uh, at fifty k, we stopped uh, to get changed into our. Uh, to, we wanted to get fifty k in before it got dark. And then we got changed into our nighttime stuff because it was getting cold. And we had Pastor Arabiata. And we had Pastor Arabiata to see us through. And um, Michelle changed the shoes to her new running shoes that she'd only had a few weeks. And she put them on, the first proper long run. 
and that was a 50k at 56k she turned to me and went i've just trod in a cow pass <laughs> and it looks fresh <laughs> and it looks fresh hey but do you know what my brooks ghost i ran my brooks ghost 12 for the first half and brooks ghost 14 for the second half not a single blister so comfortable whereas you have about three blisters and a black toe my hocus so don't diss my ready juice i've got a black toe which means i must be an ultra runner now so i've got a black toe and the, and the other thing i want to mention is i say you know the marshals and things were, were brilliant uh one o'clock in the morning we got to a uh, the cold water station the glass of cold water and they had fizzy dummies they are the way forward that's just what I wanted to get me through the uh, the 5k. Um, and, uh, and one last mention on it, mountain fuel. I know we've got it in the Snowden, the Snowden Marathon that's coming up that we're doing. But we used mountain fuel for the first time and it was a blessing in disguise. It was brilliant. It's a game changer mm. for me who cannot tolerate anything. I've tried Tailwind, I've tried High Five, tried SIS. And I struggle with everything. And that's why I didn't think my ultra journey was going to be completed. I thought that was going to be my problem with nutrition. Tried Mountain Fuel after having the email from Snowdonia Marathon. Ordered the taster pack. And wow, is all I can say. I'm converted. No tummy problems at all. I I just, yeah, massively recommend it to anybody who, like me, struggles taking on nutrition we're not sponsored by no 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 however if they want to (laughs) we are open for i'd happily pay full price because it's just made such a difference to run 100k feel like i could go on it's just incredible and there were some big teams down there so i i i vote that uh, we get gogs to go down there and the people want to run solo to run solo and we get a few gog team to do a few laps during yeah the night. i'll volunteer to facilitate and coordinate that next year there if people go. want to come there along we, we know and there's a few anybody wants to ask me about it very happy to talk about the event um but that's enough on here for now john Farrell. equinox 24 because we've got things to do haven't we we have got an interview to <laughs> launch um, with our very own Kerry. Kerry, she, uh, do you know what? This is a brilliant interview. It gets better and better and better as it goes on. I haven't laughed so much in an interview, as you'll find out by the end of this. So uh, I hope you enjoy it, and uh, we'll be back after the interview. So let's welcome Big welcome to our very own media queen, Kerry Hughes. Welcome, Kerry. Hello. <laughs> You've been looking forward to this. Oh, <laughs> a little nervous. I know you're least. nervous. I know you're nervous. But you know what? Everybody's nervous at the beginning. But, you know, you've got such a great story. And that story takes us all the way to even 24 hours ago from this point that we're <laughs> we're talking so and we're going to talk all about it so i'm really really looking forward to it so the adventurer and runner and could say so many things about you really but you've been an adventurer all your life haven't you really i have yeah i've loved love Love my travelling. Uh, from a very young age, I always loved looking at a globe or a map and knew I wanted to visit a load of countries, yeah. Was the globe as we know it now at that, at that point, was it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, as a child then in school, were you interested in uh, sort of geography and things like that or were you? was it just adventure you wanted to do? I was terrible in school, yeah. The only <laughs> thing I loved was PE, netball, hockey, 
athletics was not academic at all. So where did the adventure part of it come from? When did that sort of begin? Do you know, even at a young age, we just went camping and caravanning holidays. We never went abroad either. But I think there was always an atlas around. My mum always had walking maps and atlases everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think I got a little bit of a, the travel bug possibly from mum as well because she, she travelled when she was young and uh, went over to Canada. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I've always just wanted to venture Never been a home bird, always wanted no, to be out there. No, no. Yeah. So where, where, were you, where were you born then? In Wales. In, yeah, in Wales, yeah. yeah. Were you yeah. north or south? In, uh, north, up in north, south, so, if, yeah. yeah so, so, um, yeah, so we've got Snowdonia on, 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 in the background the, then yeah. all the time and a beautiful Welsh countryside. Yeah, always up in yeah. the mountains. And I think sometimes when we've got that on, you know, in our lap, it, it can go one of two ways. You either never go and see it or you use that as a base to go elsewhere because you want to see if anywhere else is as beautiful as was really isn't it yeah i went to the lakes first i knew i loved mountains i wanted to go somewhere fairly similar i knew i didn't want to go and be in a city so yeah i went to the lakes at 18 um was that to work or? yeah in the hospitality yeah i was in the hotels in ambleside and windermere a beautiful area, gorgeous absolutely, absolutely beautiful, loved it yeah. you didn't stay there though did you you stayed there for a while to sort of get into hospitality yeah but... i started well i actually left school young age as i said i didn't want to study but i had to just study and do something because i had needed a job so i went to into hotel reception because I knew there was going to be a three-month placement and I could choose where I could be in the UK. So I thought, oh, that sounds good. Let's do that. And so uh, I didn't even want to be a hotel receptionist at the time. I thought that'll get me out and travelling. So uh, I did that for three months and then I was promoted to the sister hotel, Lowood Hotel, which had a water skis uh, centre oh, years ago. And then promoted from junior management up to banqueting manager. Oh. So I was doing weddings up to 350 people. And oh. then... I thought the career's taking a hold here far too quickly. I need to get away and got on the plane and went to um, Australia. And what, what were your plans then? Was it to travel Australia, working or just to travel? Working, and enjoy it? yeah, yeah work, travel yeah. working. Yeah. So you, what, you were staying in hostels or things like that? Um, I got there. Um, I knew somebody um, that I worked with at the, at the Lowood Hotel. So I initially went to see her and said hello. And then a week later, she said, my mate, he's a, he's a truck driver. They call them road trains there. Um, he's actually going up to Darwin if you fancy taking a lift. So I was like, oh, yeah, go on then. So I catched a lift with him on this huge road train with three massive trailers on the back um, carrying VB beer. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and it took me five days in the road train to reach Darwin. Wow. Yeah. So there I was. Kerry, who... Is not very good in the sun with my skin. <laughs> Arriving when it's the hottest time of the year, silly season they call it. And of course, there was no tourists, no jobs. I could, uh, I was mango picking for uh, for a while, mm. and then uh, and then I found a job on, in the outback. Oh wow! Yeah, mm. most people like head for the coast, in. don't they? Yeah, yeah I, so I was nowhere near all the tourists. Industry. I was flipping burgers and making burgers for all the cow cowboys. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> wow. So you, you you spent a year in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Came back because of the visa was it or was oh, it just? I was a bridesmaid for my sister's wedding, oh, so, right. so yeah, I had to come back. That was a, that was like a, a yeah, good point and it, to come yeah. back. 
And went back to hospitality again. Yeah, yeah. Decided on, um, I went, actually was in the Broadway Boulevard uh, dancing for in the hen night <laughs> and uh, got rugby tackled by a friend that I w- was in school with. And she said, what are you doing? I said, oh, I've just come back from Australia. I don't know what to do now. And she said, well, why don't you come to Cardiff to live? I said, oh, okay then. <laughs> so I got an interview at uh, Tonguin Lice at the uh, Quality Friendly Hotel and uh, got a job there, food services manager. And then went to the Owen Glendore oh, in right. the centre. Yeah, yeah. Stayed there yeah. for a year, yeah. But you, you, that itch, I suppose, never went away. You are back, back working but wanting to be. There for a year, yeah. Yeah, it never went away, really. Went to Shrewsbury, went to North Wales. It was never... I would go on my on my holidays, you know, here, there, and everywhere for two for culture fixes, but it was never enough. Never is, is no, it? No, no. I thought I'd settled when I came back and I was at the quay, but it, no. What were you looking to do then? Then you did you were you still sort of looking for yourself to to see what what you actually wanted to do in life, or was it was it really you just wanted to travel? You wanted to be out there and see different I just, places. Yeah. Career has never been, it's not important really to me. I, I realised once I'd got to where I wanted to be in my career, I thought, nah, I don't want to go any further and I don't want to actually continue in it either. Right, so right. career and money, it doesn't motivate me. Yeah, yeah, I, I just want I to, I just want to be happy. And uh, yeah, so I started to studying for the TEFL, um, TEFL teacher, thinking that'll be my... Uh, Tell us what TEFL is. Teach English as a foreign language. Okay. So up to that point, although you'd, you'd gone to Australia when you'd been in the, after you'd been in the lakes, but up to the, all the way up to that point, you'd only actually been abroad once. I'd been to the Isle of Man, but I'd only been on a plane once, and that was Tenerife. To Tenerife, and that yeah. was just on holiday. That was on holiday when I was 18. I was, uh, I thought, if I'm going to travel solo, I need to start somewhere. So I went alone to Tenerife. Did you go up the, obviously went up to the peaks. And oh, Mount Tidy. Yeah. 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 Love yeah. it up there. Yeah. And I did all the bar, bar crawls. <laughs> More importantly, <laughs> solo as well. That's, that's, that's impressive. At some point then, your job was getting in the way. You, you wanted to go away then. But then what happened then to, to actually push you over the edge of making that decision? Well, my prayers were answered because the company I was working with got into some financial difficulty and I was made redundant. Oh. So I had to take action about my TEFL plans yeah. and rent it out or sell it. And it, basically the decision was made for me. There was no more hesitating and procrastinating as uh, you do. Yeah. Cliche, I know, but it was the best thing yeah, that happened. Yeah, yeah, Big kick up the backside, as absolutely. you said. Get moving. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So you you did your TEFL course yeah. in about 2010, yeah? Yeah, that's right. Uh, and then, what, just rented out the flat and went? Rented out my flat. Um, I had an internship in China for six months. What did, what did that entail then? Did... did did you go and stay with people there? No. Or? Oh, yeah. Uh, not with people, but um, they would organise accommodation oh, right. okay. on campus. So off to China you went for that. Um, how long were you there for in China? It was nine months in total, but six months um, six months on the internship. And I had two places I'd, I'd changed and then three months travelling around China. And were you teaching adults or children children or children <laughs> nice. the yeah. first one was really little kids yeah yeah really cute <laughs> uh so challenging and then i moved um to another place and i was i had high school kids then 
Um, yeah, but it's a, I could write a book on that. It's a, t- a totally different podcast. A I big bet, yeah. challenge. Yeah. 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 And was it just China you did that, or did he go on to just do that China. anywhere else? Yeah. Yeah. Because while you were in China, you decided to do a bit more traveling after after that. Yeah. yeah whilst I, w- I mean, I was the only foreigner in this particular city. In one point, I would one, I'd walk down the street and wouldn't see anybody else. Right. So it was, yeah. It was really hard to communicate. So it was in, it, it wasn't one of the major conventions no, you were in. No, no. Oh, right, right. Linhai, and uh, I, I did go to Shanghai and Beijing, but it wasn't where I was based. So yeah, it was uh, it was a really interesting time. So you you travelled to one of my one of the places I'd love to go to. Uh, in Tibet. Oh, yeah. There, yeah. yeah. I absolutely <laughs> love Tibet and Nepal and the monks and the chanting and yeah. Did you do all that? Did you? Yeah. Did you learn that and a bit love of meditation? And yeah, like that, beautiful. Yeah. Did you go there by yourself or? Yes. Again? Um, all of them. Um, I, I've, you obviously meet people as you go. Yeah. Um, Tibet, you had to um, have a guide to go into the country. So to make it cheaper, you research on for, on the Lonely Planet, you know, the yeah. books. Yeah, yeah. There was, at, at the time, it was called, because, uh, what did, there was the Facebook? Yeah, there was Facebook, but I don't think you could access it very easily in right. China. Yeah, sure. We had Skype, um, but there was like a forum so that you'd find people who want to go traveling ah, in Tibet at the time. So yeah, there was yeah. a honeymoon couple looking for someone. <laughs> and then there was another guy solo. So the four of us joined together to make it cheaper. Oh, and nice. we met in China and went over on the train to Tibet and then did all the, um, yeah. And then Nepal. The sightseeing. And, and yeah, Nepal. then uh, bust over to Nepal. They dropped us off at the, the border, which was a really... Um, yeah, it was the it was the most difficult border crossing with security, and they're checking your book. If you see a picture of the Dalai Lama, they'll rip it out. Of really? the, yeah, it's shocking. Terrible. Yeah. So then over to Tibet, and then um, I went to Kathmandu, and then went to Pokhara to plan my Annapurna trek. Oh, yeah. the Annapurna trek. We'll talk about that in a second. This Annapurna trek. <laughs> but you, you've you've been obviously you you know now you you've at that point you'd been to China, you've been to Tibet, and Nepal. Uh, you were Tenerife, um, mm-hmm. Australia. Um, you you just continued then after that just to do a bit of travelling around here. Then yeah. Everywhere, yeah. Yeah. After well, once in a port, once I did my trek and I went home, I then had to look for a job. Yeah. Yeah. yeah after that nine months, so then I had a seasonal job, which was perfect. Uh, my sister um, and a partner of a ever growing caravan park, and she was like, "Come and help me because it's it's getting busier." So that was perfect. No stress. Not you know, I didn't want didn't need a management position or anything. I didn't want to go back into the hotels. And I thought, amazing. I'll have a couple of months off every year, yeah. and I can go and do my travelling. Absolutely. So, bonus. So you heard about Annapurna Circuit then did you or did you or, or um, did you just hear about it and think right i want to do that? no i'd know knew about the annapurna circuit way before going to china all oh, right yeah right. but i hadn't planned anything but i'd always thought in the back of my mind i'd like to do it okay and then was planning it all oh, right okay yeah. just, just for the people listening um just explain what the annapurna circuit is then and, and whereabouts it is so the annapurna circuit is a long distance trek around the himalayas mm-hmm is that in uh, so on the Nepal oh, side it, of it? Um, oh, this is Nepal. Yeah, I did. Yeah, right, I did yeah. go to Everest Base Camp, but it wasn't. You can 
do a long trek to the base camps, but I just did a day trek because I was already on the Tibetan side at high altitude. So was that a separate, did you have separate. to go there first? Did you? Too, I went right? there first just because I wanted to. Oh, right. Yeah. And then in Nepal, that was a 14-day trek. It's 124 miles around the Himalayas. Um, and it, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. Um, you your destination or, or as your the highest point yeah. is 5,400 meters and that's <laughs> Thorung La Pass um, it's the highest pass in the world uh, one of the highest passes on earth that hikers can climb to without the aid of ropes so that's your destiny that's your goal basically to get there and back round was that snow covered at the time or yeah it all snow covered yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. so do you like the cold I do. <laughs> <laughs> you prefer to go. You mean to Tenerife in the sunshine, but then, uh, uh, but up there again, you went to land. In, yeah, in, uh, no, I, I do like the warmth, the and and but I think that the the cold is better for me. So when you did the Annapurna circuit, there you took how long? Fourteen days to do that. Yeah. to do one hundred twenty-four miles, so two hundred k. Gee. Um, so who did you do that with? Then was there a group of you, or did you attach to a company? Or? Again. Um, I'm alone, and then you find who you want to trek oh, with. Right, right. So you can go alone, you can go through a company, but I don't go through, I try not to go through a company, like a British company. I try right. to go local. So yeah, I'm yeah. in, so I found a guy who is a guy who, who said, um, we, I have two porters that can take you. Mm-hmm. So the porters carry m- the majority of your right. bags for you, don't you? I could do that. Yeah. Um, some of my ultras, actually, I could do some <laughs> of that. <laughs> yeah. You can take your bag, but it's so hard in that altitude, so you just feel like you want to, you know, have that assistance yeah. and also support yeah, yeah. them anyway because it's their job. Yeah, of course. Of course so I didn't yeah. actually have a guide as such. I just had, we had two porters. And then, again, as you're sitting in the pubs or the cafes in Pokhara, you meet people, at, oh, you fancy doing it? Yeah, you do it. And, you know, you get on with them. Yeah, okay, let's do it. So there was four of us. Right. Which I'm still in touch with now. It took you 14 days. So you, what, you sleeping in tents on the side? Were you? Little, just, little, sh- little um, huts. Oh, right. Yeah, right. hotels and huts. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not a posh hotel. <laughs> they call them hotels. You never recruited you to be banqueting manager <laughs> so... or something like that, though. <laughs> So you uh, you did that. I mean, that's incredible to be up there. I can imagine. Oh, it's I think beautiful. you see photographs of yeah. uh, pictures of the... Absolutely uh, stunning. And to think that I was sat, you know, in China planning it. I hadn't done any form of training, you know, or exercise. <laughs> I hadn't been up a mountain for months. <laughs> I hadn't even brought my boots with me. You know, I ditched everything in China, all the teaching yeah. Clothes, and I went to Pokhara, and I bought everything. So it was all; it wasn't the proper gear it that you'd get. It was mountain equipment, but you don't know if it was the knockoff ones yeah. or not. <laughs> you know, but You're it probably more likely getting the knockoff ones in Tenerife. <laughs> yeah, there. and got all your backpack, and I bought everything there to go. And I just thought, oh my god, am I going to get around? But you just take it easy, you take it slow. You have to take it slow because of the altitude anyway. So you booked that the uh, Anapura circuit when you were in China you went to Nepal and you did that and then after that you went back down to India was that yeah from Nepal I went to in Mumbai and Pune but that was just um didn't do any trekking there no. just sightsee and I went to a meditation center in Pune 
All oh, right. What did you? What you stayed there? Did you? Yeah. 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 Some Re- of these places you you've travelled over that, uh, over those few years. India. Oh yeah. Returned home. Went back to India that winter. Varanasi, Kerala, Jaisalmer. Wow. Yeah. Trekking in there. How did you get on with the food there? Loved it. Did you? Yeah, I love India. Do you, can you eat the food anyway? Most places you go, you. Uh... I generally. Um, I had a stomach like steel the majority of the times, but there was a point actually in McLeod Gange where I had a, I think it, that was a real, that was a trek in the Himalayas and I think I had dodgy water and right. we were all snuggled in this, it was a concrete floor. I mean, it was a must have been one of the cheapest tours because it was the, a guy had taken us and we didn't even have a bed. <laughs> And he was he was cooking, probably with dirty water. <laughs> we were all huddled in a sleeping bag in this in this cupboard oh, no. like thing, <laughs> trying to sleep. I was freezing. Next day, went for a walk, and I was just had really bad really? stomach. <laughs> so anyway, I don't have to go into the details yeah, of no, that no, one. No. You didn't have to get back in the sleeping bag. But when when, when when we had to stop to have a something to eat I said I'm not hungry and I literally had to go and lie down <laughs> I've got a picture with so many clothes on just to have an hour's sleep and then I woke up and I was like oh I actually feel all right, all now. right now the bug had gone yeah I'm amazed it was just that one time so actually, yeah but... I thought I had a stomach like steel but it just reminded <laughs> me not but I generally went vegetarian or paneer um you know as well if, yeah. it, if it looked like a dodgy place yeah, yeah I would yeah. just go veggie just go yeah veggie there, yeah um, followed on that from um, one of your favourite places um, over to uh, to northern Spain and Portugal to do the Camino de Santiago. Yeah, now, we've said this before on the podcast a few a few months ago. We were talking. We mentioned your name because you'd done an event, and I admitted to Michelle that for the first probably twelve months of knowing you, I actually thought your surname was Camino. <laughs> Yeah, because I Facebook. Facebook. I should have left it as Kerry Camino, shouldn't I? Yeah. And I used to, I used to talk to you. Oh, you know, Kerry Camino. (laughs) And then it wasn't until some friends of ours actually did the Camino trial on the bikes. Yeah. Or part of it, and uh, they were telling us. And I, I looked. I went, Oh my God, that's embarrassing, isn't it? (laughs) I thought that was. She's obviously been on the Camino. So she said, No, it's Hughes. (laughs) (laughs) You're not the first. Idiot, idiot, yeah. (laughs) We'll come back to the Camino if we can, uh, Carrie, because I know some lovely stories about that and it's, uh, I know it's very close to your heart. Um, But obviously that that ended in in Portugal after that. Yes, yeah. Not wanting to spend too much time in in Western Europe, you were off again pretty soon. Um, Cambodia and that area. Yep. That that's something when I heard about that, I thought that what you're gonna tell us now, I thought this woman's mad. She's just to, to do all this. Just tell us what you did in in Vietnam when you got to Vietnam. <laughs> I cycled from Hanoi to Saigon. Um it was nine hundred and thirty miles and I did it in twenty twenty three days. That's incredible. Nine hundred and thirty miles. Hanoi to Saigon in 23 days. Tell us about, was was there any scary bits on that? I mean, there must have been times where where you thought you're a little bit unsure of yourself that day or or did it, were, were you comfortable throughout it? There was a tropical cyclone <laughs> called Haiyan 
at the time it was the most powerful storm um one of the most powerful typhoons of all time oh my god and where and were I, you <laughs> with this at this point oh gosh the the center oh i can't remember the place Cent- I don't know. I can't remember the About town. halfway down, sort yeah, of. Halfway, yeah, halfway, yeah. yeah. They called it, actually, one part of the area called it Haiyan. The other part called it Super Cyclone Yolanda. So that there was there was two names for it, depending where you were. Ah. In 2013. I just, let, let me make this clear to people now. This wasn't like uh, Storm Doris that we had here. <laughs> this was, as you said at the time, was the most powerful storm ever recorded in the area. Ever recorded in the area. There was winds of 180 miles per hour. And I think it it killed some like 6,500 people. But some of the areas around there were washed away and people were... People went missing and they've never been found uh, still to this day. Just wanted to put into context (laughs) when you say there was a tropical storm. So my family and partners at home, you know, like, oh my God, where is she, you know? Worrying. There was no way contacting people there, I take it. Uh, floods massive floods yeah we had um, don't get me I, I, it was Hanoi to Saigon 930 miles but in between there was um, you know to enter into cities you'd put your bike in the in the in a van all right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so, so it's this, between cities as yeah. Such, yeah so the van which is our support van we couldn't move the van because it was it was flooded you couldn't <laughs> get out of the hotel at this point bad floods nowhere to go um, eventually we had to say, okay, we'll leave the van because the van, hopefully, after I think it was about five, six days, we were like, we need to get out. So we had to put everything, all the bikes and our bag, um, our just our overnight bag yeah. on a boat. <laughs> and we, we had to paddle away from the hotel. <laughs> and then we hoped that when we got to our next destination, that the the the, the van would have been able to escape the floods. That would never did. have happened when you were in charge of the hotel, would it? <laughs> in hospitality, not, good no. grief! Did they not know who you were? <laughs> oh, to do that trip in itself, to do it, you know, and, and you know, do it solo and meet up with people, and then go through a tropical. St- yeah, no, I'm bearing storm. in mind, I didn't, I, I didn't own my own bike at this point. I just <laughs> borrowed. Chris's bike before going, <laughs> having a practice. Took- <laughs> I thought, oh, I quite like this with cycling malarkey. Oh, I'll get one while I'm over there. When I was in Cambodia, decided to book it. So then I was researching, yeah, yeah, I'll do this. So when I got to Hanoi, I was running around the city trying to find padded shorts and a cycling top because I didn't have anything. <laughs> I, had the, I had some old trail shoes that I was doing it in. So I found some padded shorts and you know what? I had to wash them every day because I only had one pair. (laughs) And when it was hot, it was okay. But when it wasn't, I'd have to put the shorts on a fan, you know, like inside the bedroom to try and dry it. The next day. (laughs) Oh, God. So again, you can do whatever you want. You don't have to be the fittest and a a huge cyclist because over that 23 days, you just get stronger and stronger as you yeah. go i was with only one other guy so it was a lovely small group 
and he was a Dutch cyclist. So he was, and he was fit and all kitted out. So he probably thought, "Oh my God, who the hell have I got with me?" <laughs> <laughs> with one this pair of padded mad shorts. Welsh woman has got one outfit for twenty three days. <laughs> <laughs> I could have just imagined him knocking on your door in a hotel, and, and your shorts are going like this. <laughs> <laughs> and, and who got drunk every night with the guide, you know, <laughs> on the rice wine. <laughs> so you go, so basically you got a boat out and you got into some dry land. You yeah. just carried on your, your, your cycling. And just carried on, land. yeah. No, only you, Carrie, only you. <laughs> Followed by, soon after, um, over to Laos and uh, Chiang Mai, Thailand, uh, New Year's Eve in Morocco. yeah. Um, climbing Mount Tubkal, the North African's highest mountain. And that's how, how high 4, is it? 4,167 So that's four meters. times the size yeah. of Snowden. Was. Yeah. Chris actually joined me on that one. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. At the bottom, didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, we came to the top. <laughs> Come to get his bike back. Can <laughs> you got my bike on you? Uh, so, you know, you've, you've gone from Vietnam to Sa- Hanoi to Saigon. You've, you've, you've survived a, the strongest storm in history in, um, in the area. And then you've, you've climbed 4,167 metres to the top of uh, Mount Tubkal, North Africa's highest peak, isn't it, I think? Yeah. Nothing's keeping you back. Off you go from um, Morocco, across the water to uh, Argentina. Yeah, year after that, Argentina. Now, what was that like? What was Argentina like? Beautiful. Um, I spent, I think, three, three, three weeks. But I, th- again, this what this was another one of of a, with a with Chris, not solo. This one. All right. And I think we did too much really to be fair i think we should have gone slower and stayed in more places uh, stayed in less places but it was absolutely stunning fitzroy we did a trek beautiful um gaiman and puerto madryn we went to a welsh um community uh-huh. i was talking welsh <laughs> it was so surreal quite yeah, 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 quite emotional and like, with the Welsh flags everywhere. Wow. But yeah, stunning. I'd like to go back and spend a bit more time there. But Iguazu Falls, we went on the Argentinian and the Brazilian side. Stunning. Mm. Yeah, definitely places to people go never back. get to see. You know, yeah. And, uh, uh, so Chris, Chris joined you on that one. How did he convince him to do that? Or were you? Was he? No, he was to... up for it. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously, well, I know what you two are like together. You'd, uh, I think you're like myself and Michelle. You're very. Very comfortable in the, together, aren't you? Yeah. Like that, you know, it's. Um, uh, I think. I think to to do that, I think you need to be. To... Yeah, there's not many people that I can I can travel with. I did meet someone on the Camino who um, who I have later travelled mm. with, and she would be my top travel buddy. Oh right. <laughs> now coming back home, or very close to home again. Um, to another little island uh, around the UK, over to uh, the Alaman. Yeah. Yeah, I did the Radnafoilan, which is the way of the gull. It's um, it's a walk around the around the island, ninety five miles. I did that in seven days, and Chris joined me on that one. No, it's a, a walk around. What stayed in hotels or camping? Or camping. camping? Uh, we camped and and hotels. Yeah. No rice wine, no. Just no rice to, wine. Just back to normal real <laughs> ale and cider. You say it's your toughest mental challenge to date. 
uh, and that's the uh, Margarita Peak. Yes. What was that? Tell us, tell us about that. That's in. That's in. It's the Renzori Mountains. Um, is that Uganda? Okay? Uganda. Uganda. That is. Yeah, it's called the Kalembe Trek up to Mount Stanley um, and the Margarita Peak, which mm-hmm. is the third highest mountain Jeez. in Africa. Yeah. And that is five thousand one oh nine. What was it? What was the the trekking like there? Was it? Oh, it's absolutely, it's just stunning. Yeah, it's not many trek there it's stunning i mean so many more people need to go the flora the fauna massive big lobelias mm. um but they do warn you that it's really muddy and that they will supply you with wellington boots <laughs> for wellies for the trek and i thought oh my god this is really strange but anyway i tried putting the wellies on and there was absolutely no grip on them i would you'd have been in the you'd have been on your bum anyway so i was like stuck to my boots and that was an eight-day trek, sleeping in huts. Um, you'd meet up with other people that were trekking, so they were quite little busy huts. Yeah, yeah. Um, but absolutely stunning. What were the what were the uh, the paths like? Were they were they proper paths, or was it really just like walking around uh, as it can be in Snowdonia? Just yeah, over? no, some yeah, a bit of a mixture of everything. But they've started to develop it slightly, where they've put huge, big stepping stones and beautiful, like boardwalky type mm. areas where it was really muddy. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I think it's good for that. Yeah, they need to, you know, like Kilimanjaro have how many was it? Um, three hundred thirty-five thousand people attempting it each year. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's like everybody goes to. It's like a week in Snowdon. Yeah, like yeah. everybody goes up Snowdon. Everybody wants to do Kilimanjaro. Yeah, of course. Now, do, yeah. Bearing in mind, I do want to one day, but that's it. Can wait because, I mean, this one six hundred ninety-three people climbed Margarita Peak when I did it in two thousand and seventeen. Yes. You know, yeah, that's nothing. So, no, nothing at they all. really need. I'd love the mountain leaders over here to go and then take treks over. Yeah, uh, yeah. because I think that's missing, and I think you know they'll go to Kili, they'll go to other areas, but but not there. It's like we do here, isn't it? We say to people, "Don't go up Snowdon." There are yeah. so many other places, beautiful places where you'll find no there. one. Yeah, that's it. We be, be yeah. by yourself, but the Margarita. Peak though that oh yeah that's so high isn't it there's glacier isn't there there's a glacier it's a summit um it's an eight day trek but the summit climb is on the final day or Mm -hmm. on day eight and then you have to go back down obviously yeah the the glaciers coming in um really challenging because it's um receding the the ice is um receding ice it's a 60 degree angle when i went um, and I'm not an experienced climber. Was that, did, they did say recommended. The description now is totally different from when I went. They've really highlighted that you need to have more experience. Right. So when I went, I've got a lot of experience in the mountain, but my head for heights is not where I want it to be, and I yeah, need yeah. to work on that. So when I got there... Um, you wouldn't think so. Good God, you've been up some of the tallest mountains in the world. Yeah, it? it's but not... it's, it's, I think it's the drop ones I don't like. Right, yeah. right. Um, but, you know, being high up doesn't bother me. It's the falling. So anyway, when I was... <laughs> Falling's okay. It's just hitting the floor. <laughs> <laughs> so as I was going up, I felt a little bit nervous, but the guide, Rob, was amazing. 
but he had um, his one of his crampons came off. Oh, right. Yeah, so you you get a little bit nervous there. But he had a spare set, so off the game. And then, oh, it's okay, I put another one on. And it's like, well, why did it come off in the first place? <laughs> Says checking like her life, crampons. I'm in a life or death situation <laughs> yeah. here. Can you look yeah. after me, please? And there's a crampon rolling down the glass here. So I got up and I just plonked myself down. I was so, just so glad to get there. You know, meters yeah. up from the right top of the summit. And then once I'd settled back down no problem on the way down and i've just come up exactly the same way you see i'd have a problem going down that's yeah. my worst part going so down it's only, funny isn't it yeah you just so got over it just just straight away no problem going down so do you actually did you get to the summit in the end because you fell asleep didn't you <laughs> i didn't fall asleep <laughs> <laughs> but i did i fell in a heap absolutely and i says you know I'm done. This is my summit. It was yeah. literally two minutes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Ca- Carla went up. A friend of mine. She went up there. It was. She said, "Oh, there was there was no view Nothing of there. the Congo. No cafe. The Congo no ca- is literally on the border." She <laughs> says, "There was no damn view." <laughs> Like it was a good job. No gift shop there. Yeah, nothing. there was nothing. So yeah. I, to be honest, that was my summit anyway, and I I'd got to where I wanted to be. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah, Kenya again, second highest mountain in Africa. Yeah, amazing. Whilst we were, um, yeah, on the same trip, Uganda went over to Kenya, yeah. then went up to Lenana Peak. Not so technical. Still, the, the summit days are always the hardest because you always have to get up at three, two or three in the morning, yeah. whichever mountain yeah. you're on, to get there in the right light um was the weather all right up there or, or yes you, yeah, good weather, yeah. yeah yeah i mean it was freezing to be fair going mm. up mount kenya um i have raynards and i don't yeah sometimes do yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah. i had it on my toes at the going up i thought oh no and i thought i'd done everything as i should but something had happened but i'd be in tears yeah i'd just be sitting down in tears yeah <laughs> but yeah made it up there that was that was a great trek as well so you you you've done all these mountains. So you um, you thought you'd, you'd stay a bit flatter after that. So you went with a company called Run Together. Yeah. Now that that's actually an organised um, thing, isn't it? It Run is. Together, yeah. yeah. Whilst I was on at base camp uh, or the final day before summit, sorry, at going up to Mount Kenya, we met a lady, and the lady I said, "Oh, you know, I want to do I want to do something after here. What do you reckon? I like to be active." Oh, she said, I've just come from um, this run training camp. So she explained what it was. And uh, we thought, you know, again, I was with Carla at this point. And uh, we thought we'd give it a go. So booked in there. They picked us up from Nairobi. uh, And off we went. Um, It's a run training um, camp, basically, with the the elite athletes of... uh, of some of the elite wow. athletes of Kenya. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I'd only not really started major running then, no, really, no, had I, you know? walking, a lot of climbing up things. <laughs> borrowed, borrowed Chris's bike, had a bit of a, a, bit of a little cycle through. And uh, thought I'd become an, an elite yeah. <laughs> runner. What's left to do? I'll go teach these Kenyans how to run. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd got there and uh, the, there was a big plan like you have for, for our trainings, you know, what everybody was doing each day. And and then they'd basically pair you up with somebody to go running. So I was paired up with one guy who was, wasn't racing or training at the time. and He was the sports guy, you know, and you, you just go at your own pace and off you go and you're in mountains. But, you know, for anyone who 
who wants to train in high altitude and improve yeah. you know you're bound to get a pb on the way back after <laughs> after being in the altitude running and I, i'm going around the track um pulling a tire because that's how they do their weights yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah? yeah. amazing yeah. And, and you, you travelled everywhere there, though. so you did this this running. What was it? Every day was it? You were just running. If you wanted different... to, they just said, "What do you want to do today? Five k, ten k." And we, I did some strength training with them down at the on the on the athletics track, mm-hmm. and then when I had a bit of a dodgy ankle. I think I had my my trainers were too small, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's... Why were your trainers too small? Well, I realised after I started running more than I thought, you oh, know, right. I was getting yeah. black, more black toes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the sports guy who was my guide, he says, oh, you've got a dodgy ankle. Yeah, but it's no problem. You've got to keep it moving. So he was giving me massage and everything. And then I said, I think I'm OK. I think I want to try and run to Lake Naivasha, which is like half a marathon. So me, so off we went the next day. So, yeah, we, we ran. So that was your first half That's marathon? That's my first ever half marathon. Kenyan one. Kenya, yeah. Yeah. Beat that, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Running around tracks with uh, Kenyan uh, elite runners. Yeah. And giraffes. Oh, running with giraffes and cycling through with Ken- uh, with um, zebras. I went to the Maasai Mara. And of course, the tours there. It was, you know, it's expensive place, Africa. Yeah. It's cheaper when you're there to book things as well. So it's just getting that confidence of it's not a problem to go to these places and then book and look at getting them through the locals, yeah. you know. Yeah. So all these tours in the Maasai Mara was like a fraction of what they would be if you booked it from yeah. here and cut out the middle man, isn't it? I think, yeah, we do that, don't we? We, 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 yeah. we think, oh, we'll do it now. Yeah. So let, let somebody else be responsible yeah. for it. But, but if but you're it's... a runner and you want to go to, um, the Masai Mara or any safari, safari, go here and organise it. Is it safe? Oh, absolutely. Lions chasing after you or anything like that? No, you Hippos. Didn't. <laughs> <laughs> the hippos can run faster than us, can't yeah. they? Yeah. They say that they can swim faster. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the only way to outrun a hippo is on the bike. Yeah, Chris's bike. So, <laughs> so uh, and, and that leads us on, really, because you, you did... Um, the tour in the Masai Mara, running with uh, all these uh, wonderful animals. Yeah, and, and there's um, a little orphanage there, so you can spend time with the kids in the te- in the um, in the school as well. So that uh, was nice. So you bought your first bike. Yeah, I thought I'm going to buy my first. Two thousand seventeen, but Chris was happy. Road bike. Yeah, but he was happy. He could have his bike back. <laughs> what did you buy? Was it? I bought a roadie, a Lapierre. Oh, very nice. And then you thought in 2018, you thought, well, I may as well uh, use it then. I thought I may as well. <laughs> Just a little... No, but I didn't take that bike. You didn't take that one? No. Oh, no. Okay. Didn't take that one. But you thought, I'm, I've, now I've got a bike and I'm a professional cyclist Yeah, now. I thought I may as well book a road bike trip. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little one. Just to the next town, which was actually how far? Morocco. <laughs> 290 miles. <laughs> Through um, from Marrakesh to the high Atlan, high and anti Atlas mountains. Wow! Yeah, eight thousand two hundred meters of yeah. ascent. Yeah. What was it like going up there? Ah, it's incredible, Morocco. I, you know, everybody goes to where is it? Menorca, is it? Yeah, you know, and yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I know I have been to Lanzarote at one point, but I like to go to the obscure places where not. The, not everyone goes yeah, to. Yeah. I always like to look at the. Do you worry? Do you worry 
about going to those places and doing it or do you just get on with it oh no it excites me does it yeah yeah it's interesting i love it so rather than going to mallorca cycling and going up the uh up the hills here you go to (laughs) morocco instead i just wondered whether you'd spelt it wrong when you booked it or something like that you know (laughs) and you were supposed to be going to mallorca i ended up (laughs) the south of it no no this isn't mallorca where's a where's a lighthouse morocco Big climb. Yeah, obviously. there's one called the Tizzy and Tess climb. Um, apparently, it's uh, one of the best roads to bike in in all of Morocco. Mm-hmm. It's um, the highest paved road in Africa. And w- when mm. you look on a map, it's labelled as difficult or dangerous. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> so, <yeah>. It goes <laughs> over the high Atlas Mountains. I think it's about 2,092, something like that, metres. Yeah. Um, and it's got switchbacks to tackle. Uh. So it gets outdoors of Morocco. <laughs> it gets really like um, narrow in places and quite sheer. Um, and, and there was gravel on it. There was sand on it. Um, <laughs> and I had to get off a long corner because it was far too steep. <laughs> you hadn't taken your, your crampons with you. <laughs> but also, I didn't have cleats on. Yeah, because yeah, I'd only just bought the cleats for my new bike and I hadn't practiced. So I thought, I'll take the shoe, but I'm not going to take the clip in. Right. Yeah. 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 Because I had no confidence. I thought, you know what, if I get stuck on a, like an incline, oh, oh, I can't oh. get up on the t- on the tizzy and tizzy, how am I going to get back on? <laughs> yeah. I have to push. So, I have to go back down. So I decided I'll go with a hard shoe, hard bottom of the shoe, but not the cleat. And everybody <laughs> was there going, Kenny, you need to get your cleats in. I'm like, no, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. So they were just like giving me a medal at the end when I'd finished, thinking how the hell you did that without putting your cleats on, I've no idea. But you you picked the time where, just like you had done in Vietnam and uh, that area, when you hit the <laughs> most powerful storm uh, wow. ever in its history, uh, you go to lowland Morocco and what happens? Well, in the, I wasn't in the lowlands, but in the lowlands of Morocco, it was the first snow they'd had in 50 years. So I was in high, <laughs> so you can imagine how much snow we were having. And I was cycling in, the, in snow. It was snowing and I was going uphill. <laughs> Without cleats. Then I, so ice, I thought, oh, I'll have to get off here. So I've, some, some were... were excellent cyclist but I, I still wouldn't cycle over ice even if I was an excellent cyclist because <laughs> that was sheer drops of <laughs> but with my cycling skill I was <laughs> off I was getting off <laughs> so yeah amazing so just crazy and then we got to one place and uh, we said right we'll all have to get off our bikes here guys and we'll have to walk to our accommodation so we sure. had to walk up the hill with our bikes on our shoulders traipsing through inches of snow in morocco you, yeah. you wouldn't you wouldn't dream of it you wouldn't think would you no I think but obviously after your um your elite experience in um in africa with uh, in kenya uh, with all the uh, kenyan elites you decided that um you're going to to do the something a little bit closer to home up the road from here the uh, slate trail oh yeah snow down your slate trail and that's how far is that? That's 83 miles. Um, and that takes that took us about six days. And uh, we went over New Year's Did Eve. you walk that? Or walk, walk that, it, yeah. yeah. I didn't yeah. do the running. Uh, and you did it over New Year's Eve? Yeah, 
Brilliant. So you were actually on there on New Year's Eve. Yeah, Day, we did... were in Beth Geller. Uh, yeah, yeah. Nice. Like, yeah, yeah, it was fab. I just imagine to be up a mountain somewhere, no. a little glass of champagne or something like <laughs> that. But you weren't, you were in a pub in, in, in <laughs> Beth Geller. I remember being with you on the um, ride around Snowden, the 360, the Snowden. Um, Lena 360, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it was incredibly bad weather, if you remember <laughs> the <beginning just> there. <laughs> And, thunder and, and lightning thunder that and one lightning. yeah and we all decided to set off in the thunder and lightning and you couldn't see 10 yards in front Ridiculous. of you but you did the um tour de mon which is for for people listening again that's the, the cycle through anglesey yeah around um, anglesey and that was that the, you did the maur yeah just 100 100 mile one yeah 108 mile 108 mile which is quite a and you did the you would so you would have done the um the race on the airstrip yes yeah so and uh, that was incredible wind as well on that one <laughs> I remember. Uh, the weather probably at the 360 and on the tour de mon was probably worse yeah. than you had in africa <laughs> going up there where's the typhoon in, <laughs> yeah, in it seemed there was more, as much rain that day as it was i can't um, believe we were going down the crimea with uh, with thunder, to be honest, I know it was it was ridiculous. <laughs> it was ridiculous, stupid. We survived we it. We, we survived. did. We were, yeah, um, but you did other triathlons as well. Yeah, I've done Llan Roost was my first one. Loved Llan Roost. Yeah, That's for everybody listening, one. of course, Llan Roost is ours, the one that we do. Yeah, from Gog. So it's a, it's a fantastic it's one to, to aim to do first. Yeah, great one. So friendly. Yeah, yeah. How is your Obviously, you're cycling and you're running because you've run you've run with all the Kenyan uh, elites. Oh, absolutely, uh, and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the cycling because you've cycled everywhere around the world on Chris, with Chris's bike. Um, <laughs> I didn't take his bike. <laughs> and um, but what's your swimming like? Oh, it's amazing. You're like, like a fish. You're like a fish. <laughs> <laughs> like a porpoise. I often see her jumping up and down in, in, in Mumbai, just to head to it out. Yeah, no, I'm not a natural swimmer. No, no. Just, is Such, that the um, sort of the... the it, it's the challenge. Yeah. yeah. Completely, yeah. Because I wasn't a natural... I think everybody who's not a child swimmer... No. You know, I did go swimming. You know, I went, had my lessons, but I, I, I didn't like swimming. I didn't like getting in a costume. I didn't... Yeah. But... Yeah, it's just you want to do the triathlons, don't you? So you just you, you have just to have it, to do it. it. You have to do it. So I I I don't like being in the pool. I don't like chlorine. I love open water swimming, mm. not racing. I do find racing hard because my technique is rubbish. Yeah. But I do I do love the challenge of it. But you did the snowman. I did uh, the snowman. I would always aim high yeah. snowman one, and that I was think an experience. it's fifteen hundred meter swim. So that was a hell of a challenge yeah. for me, yeah. especially when you're looking over and it's like, oh my, everybody's gone, you know. And it's like you're nearly you're, you're nearly on your own, and then you're looking up to Shabbat thinking, I got to go and Could visit you there. in a minute after I've <laughs> got out of this thing <laughs> and then done my miles on the bike. See you in a minute when All I can hills. when I can get out of the lake. <laughs> But I love it. But I love when it's when you can just go and stick your goggles on and go for a lovely chill swim in the lakes and the sea. I do like it, but I do find the racing a challenge. As you said, though, if you want to do the triathlons, you have you to gotta do, do it, haven't you? Don't you? And it's always going to have. And I think you're right. And we often speak about it. Is that those people that are good swimmers make great triathletes yeah. uh, normally, but. Uh, if you're coming from a running background or a cycling background, mm. it's, it's always a bit more of a challenge. Yeah, but also, really, though, you can gain so much more if you 
if you're a fast runner or an yeah. amazing cyclist. Yeah, so yeah. you can yeah. claw. I like Dan Wellings, for example. Yeah. What an amazing. Uh, what he did in the snowman and he got third yeah. was it third it i think is. it was third but yeah go way to go down you know and he's um he's getting there with his swim but you've you've done plenty of events in, in the triathlon when we talk about you know when you're walking and all you're, you're cycling through different countries but you know not far away from me you've done the diva divas that's the one in the chest yeah all the, the ladies one Chester, which is uh again a challenge going in the river yeah yeah that river yeah it was yeah <laughs> <laughs> and um uh, so we've done, uh, you've done, let's have a look, you've done Denby. Denby and Rithin. Uh, Rithin Harlech, which is, yeah, was that the race, good one. race to the castle up the steps? So yeah. We did that one. Yeah. It's a, a beautiful one. Um, so you've done plenty of, of, of triathlons. What What is your favourite part of, is it walking? Is it cycling? Is it triathlons? Is it running? What, what What's your favourite hobby or pastime would you say oh i don't think i can choose there'll be a point where you can only you know if you're injured you can only do the cycling or if you can't run anymore you'll just be walking so i just want to enjoy them all as much as i can at the minute but if i, I couldn't if if i had to choose i'd probably put a backpack on my back and go walking mm. and i'd walk the whole of the world and just mm. keep just leave me walking all day that's a fantastic thought. That <laughs> <one>. <laughs> you um, you went to La Palma. You went. You have to do a lot of these things in eighteen nineteen. You before COVID, yeah, uh, uh, hit. Uh, off you went to uh, La Palma and Lanzarote. Yeah, I mean La Palma is a. It's not well, well travelled as much as Lanzarote and Tenerife is. And I thought, oh, I'll try it. And now I wanted to go a bit closer to home, just on a little bit of a less of a budget this year. Mm. And I thought, yeah, I'll try it. And do you know what? It's a stunning island. Was that... the um, was a volcano active when you were there? No, no, no. It slowed no. down for you. It uh, having a rest for you. Let you go there. They've got a fantastic trail run, the Transvolcanian something. I can't remember the name now. La Palma. La Palma. Oh, wow. And that's an amazing um, ultra. I can't remember the name now. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so I did. It was fantastic. Had one destination. Got a bus to the start of my walk or or run um i'd probably do a, yeah i was doing more running there and uh, and run back to the to the um you make it sound as though you've just got the bus to the bus stop and you're just <laughs> running back but it was actually 81 miles oh each day though whilst you i was there each day, different yeah. days not 81 yeah. miles a day no right no no, 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 no throughout the w- two weeks or three <laughs> weeks i was there I, well, I wouldn't put anything past you Kerry. <laughs> nothing at all and seven thousand meters Sorry, yeah, took a map and highlighted all the routes I wanted oh, to wow. go on, and off I went on a little. And I was staying in a um, hostel, youth hostel. Oh, yeah. That's it. Are yeah. you by, just by yourself? I was on my own on this one. Solo, yeah, we were in, a, in like a hostel. Yeah. And Lanzarote cycling. Then again. I thought, oh, fancy a bit of cycling now. And I did take my cleats on this one and my gog outfit, so I was uh, I felt like a bit of a pro on this oh, one. Yeah, Com- yeah. Compared to Vietnam and Morocco, <laughs> I thought I'm You're now, not going to get any snow. Am there, I now right? a cyclist? <laughs> The skill Obviously. is still not there, but I got <laughs> the look. I don't even know if the look is there, <laughs> but I can at least I can do the miles now slowly. Yeah, uh, yeah. Pretty. But then, of course, all of a sudden, COVID hits us. And oh, we got back. Know. I got back in 2020. Did the Conway half, and then COVID. Yeah. So nothing. Yeah. So you've done plenty of events, you know, in those couple of years, but then obviously it's been a. 
a non-existent time for for two years, and uh, um, and then that you've you, you've you come back after COVID, and you decide that you uh, would like to go a little bit further. Yeah. What? Oh, I did the Snowdonia Marathon before. Just before uh, yeah, COVID. Yeah, COVID. Yeah. yeah, how was how was that one? Is that the one that's coming up? Yeah, in October. In, in October, yeah. How was it? I um, loved it. I, yeah. It was my first marathon. I absolutely loved it. Um, four hours 40 for a heli Snowdon fan- marathon. fantastic time. I, yeah. yeah. Well, we're doing it in, it's, it's, when is it October, isn't it? Um, we're doing it. So yeah. It won't be a 441, I can tell you that. Uh, yeah, get get he. Come on, get your training you plan. Ah, yeah. <laughs> we'll report back on that afterwards. <laughs> Somebody will remind us of this conversation. <laughs> um, but then, um, as I said, COVID struck, you come back and you've decided just to uh, aim for a couple of little other things yes. when you got back. Yeah. So tell us what you thought you would do. I thought I'd go for uh, my first ultra, yes. for my Brennig Way, Your I Brennig thought, Way decided, yes. which yeah. was 30 mile, 31, was it? So Brennig Way is, uh, is above the, um, it's around Slim Brennig and, and all that Yeah, area, it finishes it? at Brennig. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's quite, it's hilly. From, it's oh, from Corwen. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's quite a tough, uh, yeah. uh, a tough race. Yeah, I think it was it? about 4,000 feet, I think, yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah, But yeah. Yeah, that was and and I was strong then. I felt yeah. good. Yeah. Did I you get the bug it. then? Did I you? I did. For yeah. I feel. I just like the long. The the, the distance is. Uh, yeah, I don't think about the miles on how no. long they seem to fly by because I like just being out. And of course, n- your, um, your stomach of steel. Yeah. Helps on, the, on an. It did on this well, one yeah. with my because yeah. I was gels on this. I think, but yeah, I felt yeah, yeah it was good. I but 30 it. miles wasn't enough with you, was it? <laughs> <laughs> it's never enough. Nothing's ever enough. Poor Chris, tell you. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> if, if, nothing's ever enough for Kerry. Um, <laughs> the Chris has never said that he wouldn't dare say that I mean, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't say it, he would say no nothing's ever enough for my Kerry um, but you decided to go a bit further this year leading to the Chester Ultra Chester Ultra the yeah. 50 miler yeah 50 how miler. long did you train for that oh gosh did you think you were ready for it when yes you did it? yeah, yeah ready. You felt ready yeah yeah, again, I had a coach, um, Trirox training yeah. for my running. And um, so uh, I just follow the plan. Yeah. And you're good at following plans. Yeah, you? I good, like yeah. it. If, yeah. I, if I know what I have to do, I just do it. Yeah. And how was that? Because obviously 50 miles is a lot, you know, it, I know it's not as hilly as the Brennig way, but um, that 20 mile extra is a, is a long way, isn't it? It's a long way. How yeah. did you feel during the day? I think after thir- I think when I got to Delamere and it was around about the, th- you know, you've you've gone up to thirty something in my training, so anything, and then after that, it was I think it was the longest time I'd longest distance I'd ran. It's as if your body knows, you know. Ooh, no, I'm gone further further than thirty two. <laughs> Not going anymore. <laughs> and then you've got to fight. You told me this. And then yeah. and then you've got to fight against it, going. Yes, you will. <laughs> Got to get home. Get sort, get yourself sorted, legs. <laughs> so yeah, it was tough. Um, my poles were out. I was walking. My quads were burning. Going down the hills, but you just, you know, it will. I mean, I remember Gary telling me, "Whatever you do, just remember it'll pass." Mm. And I just kept remember it'll pass. And then you stop. 
you you have a bit to eat, you you um you stretch and you just go again. Um and then I got to a checkpoint and Chris said, Sit down. He says, You're you're freezing and you need to eat and you need to change your shoes. So I changed everything. <laughs> and then uh, he stuck he stuck a Snickers in my mouth. I says, I think I need my music now. Put my music on for the first time. And it was the last like section of about, I don't know, I can't remember now, eight miles or so. And I ran all the way back. What music was it? What, what oh. genre? What genre? Oh, I just remember listening was to it all just sorts a, of just rubbish. A, just a lot of rubbish <laughs> yeah. that you can sing to. Yeah. yeah. I d- oh, I'm, I'm a bit easy listening, you know. Very smooth. There's no Mozart. It's mainly, well, I love country and western, and I, I probably would have had a Garth Brooks. <laughs> uh, yeehaw. <laughs> um, you kept this one a secret from us, <laughs> but you were found out, weren't you, this time? So uh, here we are now, we're recording this on a Monday evening and and Kerry is probably, what are you now, probably 20, 18 hours, 16 hours after finishing the Snowden Ultra. Yeah? You, yeah. You finished, what, about three in the morning, didn't I you? I finished at three, yeah, but about three, I got to bed at four. AM and I started at quarter past six on Saturday morning. So quarter past six Saturday morning finished on at Sunday morning at quarter past three in the morning. Now uh, the reason Kerry was found out was because Michelle and myself were marshalling <laughs> over at Ogling Cottage, which is at mile twenty eight. And mile twenty eight is just at the end of probably the worst part of the ultra you could ever imagine. So it's taken in. Um, you know, you, you've taken in Snowden, you've taken in the side of Travan, um, uh, Heather Terrace, you've gone... Uh, and you've the, glitters. Got, oh, and the Glitters. Oh, sorry, over the Glitters, over the glitters. yeah. Um, There's a scree at the at the end of the Glitters and then down Devil's Kitchen, mm. along to Ogwen and down to the checkpoint. And it's, it, it is really gnarly. Yeah, um, the Such weather had terrain. closed in a few times, didn't it? It was yeah. wet, so it was slippy as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, we could tell by the times of people coming in how difficult it was that day. Yeah, uh, to do it at the weekend. Um, it was good because it left us more time to eat the bananas and the crisps and the chocolate <laughs> on the on the uh, checkpoint. Um, and then Chris turned up, and when Chris turned up, we realised that Kerry was doing this ultra. And um, we didn't, we didn't <laughs> know before this. No, only Gary knew. Yeah, she? I told Gary, and then Ali Barber actually phoned me for something, and she said, uh, "What are you training for?" And I can't lie, so as soon as somebody <laughs> asks me, I can't just say nothing. I just says, "Oh, I'm not. I'm keeping it a bit under my hat because I really don't know if I've done enough for it. I'm not sure if it'll be a do not finish. So I'm just gonna just. It's less pressure then, isn't it, yeah. when nobody knows? Yeah. You know, I don't want people following me on the track, and thankfully. <laughs> Nobody was because it looked like I was stuck on the Heather Terrace all day. Everybody was, I think. Everybody was I think the trackers are a great idea. The problem is the weather closed in and you're surrounded by such big hills. That, yeah. Uh, nobody knew where anybody was at the time. Brilliantly organised. Um, uh, GB Ultras uh, did a great job. Oh, there, fantastic. There. And they're lovely, lovely people. Um, they, they really are. Yeah. Uh, Wayne and Laura. Um, and, Ian. Uh, and Ian. Yeah. Um, and we had um, a chap called Aidy on the uh, on our uh, Marshall station. They're brilliant. Um, but we saw Kerry coming down 
<laughs> the mountain at us, and uh, we we hid, we we turned around, so we didn't know it was us, and until uh, she got to us, and then we went surprise. <laughs> I give her a big sweaty hug because it was too sweaty then. <laughs> um, what what made you do that? Was that was that always in your mind to do that? Yeah, one? as soon as I finished Chester Fifty, really, I thought I want to do. I want to do a mountainous one and I wanted to do one in Wales and I mm-hmm. wanted to do it, you know, in, in our territory. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And I wanted to conquer, because I love the mountains, I wanted to conquer an ultra in the mountains. Yeah. And you did. And I did. I mean, it was, and it's, they say, one of the toughest in the UK. So it was like, wow. And, I, uh, I fully believe that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you, I mean, you can't run it a lot of the time. It's very technical. So it's really, you know, mental uh, because you're concentrating all the time. It's a lot of scrambling. And yeah, poof, tough one. Yeah, yeah. But so if you know, if anybody wants a, as, as Kerry said, one of the most difficult uh, ultras in mm-hmm. the UK, especially, then yeah, uh, uh, this is the one to do. Uh, and I thought my, I thought my fueling was pretty good, um, but I realised I hadn't fueled enough. And uh, there was there was four of us on the gliders: Lee, Paul, Ryan, and myself. And we were a great team. We kept sw- changing positions. You know from the heather terrace and then i'd lose one i'd go ahead then they'd 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 um, overtake me and every time i saw ryan he was always sat down he was always having a picnic and as i was running down snowden i shouted you having another bloody picnic and you know what he must have finished about two hours before me because he'd had a bloody picnic <laughs> and I was like, that's one lesson there. So if you're not going to win it, you know, if you're not going to be a Melinda getting a 12 in yeah. 12 and a half hours, if you're not, you just take it easy, yeah. you know. And if your body needs fueling, I was just like shoving it in when I was going and thinking I could last all day. Well, you know, 20 hours on your legs. Yeah. yeah. And you tough, know, it's tough tougher hours. than. I'm not saying it's tougher than the winner at 12 and a half because they're going at a hell of a speed. But, you know. Yeah, being, they're out for 12. They are, yeah, yeah, exactly. So you've yeah. got a fuel, haven't you? So yeah, yeah. Chris did bring me pizza. I only had two pieces and someone else, I think someone stole the rest. <laughs> what? <laughs> Who stole the pizza? Do you know what? It was pepperoni on it. I had to take the pepperoni off it to eat as well. And Michelle could eat it because it was, oh, was, it, was it a gluten-free, gluten-free one? Gluten-free one, yeah. One, so yeah. She, she had a piece as yeah, well. Yeah, so, uh, brilliant. Just, but I was like, oh, no, I can't stomach all that now. But I should have just sat down. But, Chris, I, but I was worried about the, the time, you know, got to get my check, got to get there, got to get there. Well, and I, I was to in say, the... you had plenty of time. You got three and a half hours to get to the next. And it took you about an hour to get to the next one. <laughs> you must have galloped yeah i was re to the next one an hour and then from there i think we crawled back then shuffling all the way and then from from cravenant which you think's the easiest part but i wrecked it thankfully because it was absolutely pitch black and i had my torch on and from cravenant all the way back must have took how long two or two hours yeah yeah and i had lee with me um and I was just thinking, wow, how great that we've got two at the end that are together. You know, I would could have been well on my own just seeing these yeah. sheep eyes glaring at me, thinking, who's that in the bushes? <laughs> but yeah, so we, uh, yeah, it was a great camaraderie between the four of us. But the two, it, it, the two that had picnicked and uh, left me on the descent from the glitters as I was sliding down on my bottom, they they were like, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, we've got full bellies. Full bellies. <laughs> and I'm going down like a 90-year-old on Devil's Kitchen. Like, what's another burning? thing. Ooh. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, we, it, was, it was great to see you there, to see you go off. And oh, and it was there, lovely to see was, you. To have a smile on your face going off and laughing going off. And uh, uh, you nearly went the wrong way when you went out of the watch. <laughs> <laughs> left and right. Which way do we go? Turn left. All right, you go right then. Oh, um, but yeah. It was, it was great to see. But and a brilliant day. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It was great. I, I can imagine how how good it was. Yeah. It's. Um, I don't know. Probably a little bit scary for me coming down um, some of them, but uh, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll I'll see how I feel. So many it. not prepared on it. To be well, honest. I was going to say yeah. that. I was say if people listening to this yeah. and thinking about Snowden um, Ultra, you need to be prepared yeah. because it's not. You know, some of them people that were timed out at the um, at our marshalling point at the yeah. eight o'clock point um, had done ultras before, and so they thought they were they were um, fit enough to do it. But what they hadn't taken into account was the was the elevation and the gnarly. Elevation. Yeah, the terrain. They were they, um, they didn't they thought, gosh, we can't run this one. Yeah, you don't you don't mess with Snowdonia. Not you don't, at all. Snowdonia Massive is there to be respected and. Uh, so if, if anyone is thinking of doing it, I would strongly su- suggest that yeah. you, you uh, really do prepare for it and uh, uh, and be aware of uh, and do recce's. Definitely, I recce'd it, and I you know I'd, I'd done the glitters before, but I recce'd them again. I hadn't done Heather Terrace, so I thought yeah, but I recce, you know I recce'd that. I'd done the others, you know Snowden and the miners tracked down to it before. I knew Gaydiana than Caravanet, but I thought oh it might be dark. I better go again, refresh yeah, yeah, my memory, yeah. and thank goodness, yeah, yeah no, it's good, definitely. Good, good thing to do. But yeah, I don't. Um, it, it, very interesting day, and I was like pretty. I'm pretty hot on the oval nav, and uh, but yeah. But what others. did you get at the end of it? I got a gold gold. Medal. gold. Always believe in your soul. <laughs> Gold, gold, yeah, well done, and yeah. I got silver for Chester, so gold for my gold. my amazing Snowdonia was yeah, yeah fab, was epic, absolutely brilliant, Thank well you. well done for that. Right, listen, um, I got one thing more I want to talk to you, but before we do that, uh, because time's moving on, is um, you know that we always do on these uh, interviews, we always do Rocky's Clock, which oh. is a quick fire round. So uh, we're going to go into Rocky's Clock, and I'm going to for those that have not heard of <clears> this before. Uh, you're going to have to listen to one of the other podcasts that explains what it's all about. But basically, it's a minute of quickfire questions to see whether Kerry can beat Rocky's <laughs> Clock. And if you haven't heard of it before, what have you been doing? You haven't been listening to the uh, podcast, <laughs> so go back and listen to them. So, Kerry, uh, are, are you ready? We'll go into Rocky's Clock. Rocky's Clock. Yeah, okay, so, so it's no beating, more talking. Answering all question, the questions. Question, answer, question, answer. That's right, yeah. Don't need to go into depth of this. No. Have you heard this before? I have. Yeah, yeah of course I have. But, and you're not allowed to... To say stuff like um, to to say anything either because that that makes it longer. All right, okay, okay. I promise I won't do it. All right. So are we I'm ready? Very competitive. <laughs> well, all right, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Nobody's beat Rocky's Yeah, it's not a great start talking like this, is it? Your time could have been going by now. Hey, we haven't started. No, we haven't yet. We haven't started. So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, so here we go. Rocky's clock. Rocky's clock. Can you beat Rocky's clock? Question one. Would you run it, rather run in hot weather or cold? Cold. What shoes do you run in? La Sportiva. Your best sporting moment? Snowden 50. <laughs> Your favourite childhood toy? Orville. 
The first concert you ever attended. Van Morrison. From all of history, who would you most like as a mentor to you? Chris Bonington. Scariest moment of your life? Renzori Mountains. The sporting event you'd love to do that you haven't done? Oh my goodness, the Dragonback Race. The favourite subject in school? PE. Favourite teacher? PE. <laughs> if you could be any animal, what would it be? Elephant. Favourite film? The Elephant Man. <laughs> Describe yourself in three words. Bonkers. <laughs> Rocky's clock, Rocky's clock, you didn't beat Rocky's clock. <laughs> I know you haven't beat Rocky's clock. You no! Can't... <laughs> Why not? <laughs> you can't just... You can't just beat it by making things up and saying things quickly. There's no rule. <laughs> elephant. Elephant man. <laughs> Favourite subject at school? PE. Favourite teacher? PE. <laughs> you're mad. Kenny Hughes, you're mental. I tell you. <laughs> he got the sweat on. <laughs> people. Uh, I hope the kids don't hear this when they're upstairs all sitting down there. Just, dear, oh, dearie, man. Oh, my God. People were saying they wanted to uh, a podcast to listen to over multiple runs. At this rate, I think we'll uh, be able to do the Snowden Ultra and still listen to this one all the way through. <laughs> so I want to take you back again to October 2012 before we finish, because I think this is probably a really important time in your life as well and I think a really um, a personal experience that you'll never forget I think and I'm talking about the Camino Trail aren't I yeah, yeah. now tell us about what what is the Camino it's, it's a long distance journey um, a spiritual journey that pilgrims of all faiths and backgrounds have traversed for over thousands of years so people and walk it, it yeah they walk it and you don't have to be religious or spiritual. You can go as doing it as an adventure or for cultural reasons. Um, so where does it go? Where does it go from then? Where where does it go from? from where Saint, does it start? Uh, Saint Jean Pied-de-Port in France. Yeah. And across the north Spain, over the Pyrenees, um, to Santiago de Camino. Okay, and so it covers about how long does it cover? 500 miles. About 500 miles. Yeah, there's so. lots of different Caminos. This one's called Camino Francis, and it's okay. 500 miles. Okay, and you did all of it. Yes, all yeah, of it all continuously. Of it start to finish. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what what made you want to do that? Well, I watched a film um, that summer. It was a film that my sister, her sister had, and uh, it sounded like I'd enjoy it, so I just watched it. And as soon as I watched it, I knew I wanted to complete it one day. So just started researching it, uh, people's experiences, looking at books, reading of it, and I just, uh, yeah, booked it. And my decision was made. So you started from Saint Jean, Saint Jean in France, yeah, the port in France. So and so you, how's it? How do you follow it? Is it just on the map that you follow it, or is it a proper trail? That's proper trail. You cannot go get lost at all. You either you either follow a a, a yellow arrow or a, a scallop shell, 
you've got a guidebook, but I didn't, to be honest, I just read it for little historical reasons and having a quick look to where my albergue was going to be. But mm. to be honest, you never needed it. You just followed it, followed the arrows and off you went. And you did this by yourself again? Yeah. Solo and your Todd. Solo. Did you meet anyone along the way oh, or did you walk yeah, with people? Yeah, so many people. There's and a lot of people doing it. Loads. Yeah. Oh, very popular. I went in October, so it was a perfect, the best time, I think, to do it because it's not so busy. You know, in the height of the summer, there's too many people. For me, anyway, I don't like crowds. I don't like too many people. Mm-hmm. Um, they were queuing. But this one is just perfect because you don't have to rush and get your, your your place to stay or queue for your Compostela stamp or anything. So that it was lovely. You met really special people. And, and when you travel solo, you know, you, you meet people you want, you stick with the people that you want to be with. And if, they, if yeah. you don't, you, move, you, you don't have to. So how, how far did you walk every day? About 20, I think the average, um, on average, ooh, 15 miles 15 a day. 15 miles a day. Yeah. So you aim for that. Is that between um, places gates. to stay? Yeah. yeah. So sometimes you feel a bit stronger. Um, when, you, when you're on your own, you just go and you stop when you want. But then mm. when, you've met a, when you've met a friend... Um, and you want to be having a little wine with them at the end of the the yeah, day. You're like, yeah. oh, let's meet there. You know, so you you might split in the day or, and then meet up. All right. To, you know, or meet for lunch, walk together. You got to find your own pace when you're walking for so long, and then maybe meet up at the end of the end of the day. You know, if you'd met a gang. So is it, is it footpaths or is it? It can be next to the road. It can be in the countryside. Yeah, it could be anywhere. Totally anything. Yeah, there's a lot. There's they call it the Meseta when you're crossing it. It's just like it's just flat and really hard. Sometimes it's really hard going. There's other parts. It's this beautiful um, countryside. I wouldn't say it's the most picturesque. The best bit was the Pyrenees in the beginning and then the Galician at the end. But it's not about the what's around you it's the whole journey was just so special because some days you had big trucks going past you and you just had to deal with it you know because you knew where you had to get to Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and how did we did you just did you listen to music or did were you just your own thoughts every day in mainly in my own thoughts i i don't i've only just recently started using music garth brooks never came with you then i know <laughs> i think but i i like my own um, my own thoughts and then when i'm really struggling i will i will stick some in but not very often so you you, you spoke about a document that you have to carry yeah it's yeah. um they call it um a credential and you pick it up at St. John or wherever you're beginning. And basically what you need to do is you need to collect oh, the stamps. And then when you've collected your stamps, when you get to Santiago, that's your proof. And is that... And Do you go to a specific place to get them? Yeah, or do you... yeah the albergues, the places that you stay, the refugees they okay. are. Yeah, oh, right. and, and um, hostels. So they all have a stamp. Yeah, they, just they all have their own there. little stamp and then they've dated them all and they stamp them. Oh, wow. Yeah, amazing. For uh, it, it sounds nice like little a, keepsake. It sounds like a little bit from a um, a trial list, but I've actually, Kerry's got that in front of me. So for the audience, I, I, I've seen and this. And that's the map at um, the end. Yeah. With a map on the back. We might take a picture of that with you uh, just to show people what it is because that's, that's quite... A, Nice. Just a, it's like a and when you do the Snowdonia slate trail, you get this one now. Sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you yeah. get your little passport. So, um, 
the weather was, was I suppose, down there. What time of year did you do it? October, October. but mixed weather. Um, when it was really raining, uh, you know, raining in Spain, it was really wet. And the difficulty is drying your clothes because you, you, you have to wash your clothes and your boots. You try and dry them All right. before the next day. Yeah. So that was the most challenge is just getting everything dry again the next day. Um, but it wasn't too hot, thankfully, for me. Um, but when it was, uh, yeah, it was lovely wet. Not bad when it was nice. So the, so obviously, as you said, clothing and, you know, not being able to carry as much as you'd, you'd go on a holiday for <laughs> yeah. a couple of weeks, dragging a suitcase behind you was one of the issues. What, what, so what other issues, you know, would you have there? I mean, I'm taking it, you know, being tired or... Uh, blisters, um, because of the continuous walking. Um, and I think what, what happened is because we were fairly fit, I was starting off with, um, and then I met a couple of Aussies and another guy. We had nine kg on our backs. And then you've done your little walking um, training up to it, but not as much as probably what we did on the... Um, Oh. Some of the big hikes up the mountains and things yeah, like that. Yeah, so, you know, it was a bit hot. It was hot that day. We were sweating our feet. So all day, on the day, on the first day, I had blisters. Oh. Yeah. That's not... So that's not a good start, is <laughs> no, it? No, it's not. You no, know? No. So it was like the, the heat and the weight of the bag that creates in the blisters, because I'd obviously walked in my boots, a thousand, you know, loads of times. But you're just carrying more weight. Yeah, and I just think, yeah. and, and the speed... And it's just like, so we learned a lot from that day. It's like, we, you just have to go at your own pace. You have to go slow and it doesn't matter. You know, we were, what, what was the rush? Because you're still going to get to your destination. There's not a race. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah, no, that's right. But you had a good uh, way of dealing with those blisters, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they healed and then they came back again. And then, you know, weeks go by. And then I, can't, I think about in the middle they'd come back again and because it was blister upon blister upon blister and then I had to walk in my flip-flops at one point because they were so bad <laughs> so I had a weighty bag yeah. and they weren't just teeth of you know it wasn't proper they were proper flip-flops just through just your between your toes between your toes with no support at yeah. all but it was the only way I could walk they were that bad so every day like listening to um Jason you know every night after your hike, you'd 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 look at your feet first. You'd pop them. You'd get your needle and thread out. You'd you'd nurture them. You'd do everything you possibly could. But there was just nothing I could have done with these particular ones I had, and they just weren't healing. Um, so I had to put my flip flops on so they had chance to dry because they just weren't drying. Yeah, not yeah. enough time. So how did how did you get over that? You know the exhaustion and you know and the pain through things like that. Then, how do you how do you do that? There was how would one you day. It? I think this was the worst time, and I was trying to compare it to the Chester Fifty yesterday. You know which one? And there were this because it's the thirty-two days. It's every day. You get up, you go. You get up, you go again. You get up. There's no. There was one rest day in between the whole of that. The rest is just continuous. So you've got no, you know, your body's really seizing up and it takes a while for it to warm up again. Yeah. And then um, 
that, that, that point, I was just in such agony, but I, there was, I just had to keep going because there wasn't an albergue until I, I was getting to this particular destination. And I just started doing this like rhythmic chant that I remembered from the Himalayas that, you know, the and I just had to completely just repeat it and repeat it. And it just got me in the little happy place of the of the little happy monks up in in Tibet with no no worries just just chilling and it just had to just just repeat that for hours until I got to the album. What does that game. mean? <laughs> Probably something like, I don't know, please pop my blisters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it does have no, a meaning. Uh, yeah, oh man, I pad me home. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it obviously then some emotional moments and things like that along when he when he gets so tired and you um i'm taking it when you're staying in some of these places uh lots of people have been in them before you oh god yeah is it a bit like the uh the bothy where you get lots of people in there exhausted and then some of them are really clean some of these only got four beds some have got six some have got 20 some have got hundreds um, you try and go on, um, you, you're not allowed to put the, your bags on in case the bed bugs, people have bed bugs oh, and God. then they, they, the bed bugs spread like wildfire. Then, so you, you, you're in the inspecting the beds. I try and go on the lower bunk because, um, I like to have all my belongings with me, um, not on the top bunk, but then if you're on the top, um, and, and I can inspect the bed, but I got bed bugs once and then we had to, you have to boil wash everything and I was itchy and it was just yeah you're exhausted and you're just like you're breaking down at this point because this is just not what you want you know when my skin was just I had to go to pharmacy get that sorted I had to go and wash all my sleeping bag and everything and need my bag even to kill everything so yeah that was a real 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 challenge and everyone is going to break down at one point on that journey for yeah. for, for some reason or other because you're really searching for you just you have know. to expect that it's going to happen yeah uh, yeah at yeah. some point definitely but it's um i think you said it was special because it was simple oh yeah every day all you need to worry about is walking you know make sure you're drinking your fluid eat have a shower wash your clothes go to sleep you know, and when these are the only things that take up the space in your head in your day, you're left with time to think about important things, the priorities, you know, your dreams, your future aspirations, possibilities, and appreciating all the wonderful things that you're blessed with in life, mm. you know, and you're, you're really living in the present. Yeah. Did it teach you a lot doing that? Um, did it teach you a lot about yourself or... Um, but you, you probably knew what your outlook was. That's how I want to live. And I think the hardest challenge for me, and probably still is after the Camino, is... Um, <laughs> who? <laughs> <laughs> is, is adjusting to what people perceive as normal, normal life. life. You know, yeah. it's not my normal life, yeah. if you know yeah. what I mean. It, it is normal life, but everyone's normal is different, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And it's just my... It's the constant search and the need for simplicity in my life. You know, I just love, you know, and then you switch the major on and all the BS that goes on with everything. It's just like, oh, yeah, it's depressing, isn't it? You just switch it off and you just want... And I don't want to live in Clive Cuckoo Land. I just want to live in Happy Land, yeah. you know? Yeah, 
And I'm not the normal where everybody wants a career and babies and families. You know, I just want a simple life. And I suppose being out there, you know, I think as you said, nobody, nobody cares about what you do. Oh and, and no! Like. Gosh no! No, they they just you know it's just it's just there for themselves. And you don't know, you know, like you don't know where people live, what they drive, what they do. Here, it's like, what do you do? You know, first question is, what do you do for a living? <laughs> you know, what does it matter what you do for a living? How much money they make, etc. You know, it's not about that on the Camino. You don't ever get asked. You could be walking with a professor or with a cleaner. You don't care, mm, you know, yeah, so it's a great yeah. leveller. Um, things are so simplified. Materialism isn't important. You just get to know the person, and, and I don't like small talk. You know, I've never been one for small talk. Mm. You know, you'd rather be you silent get, than talk nonsense. I'm either yeah. get down to the nitty gritty and give me the deep and meaningful, or be silent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I went on a ten day, just a, a very quick digress. I went on a ten day silence retreat, and I absolutely loved it. Amazes me. It was hard, but amazes me. It. <laughs> you must, you must have shouted a laugh for a day before to get out of your system. Yeah. That's all I could think of. Good oh, grief! You can laugh to yourself, yeah. No, when there was this bit, no eye contact or nothing. It really? Was, yeah. Gosh, where but was that? That was um, Vipassana, a Vipassana retreat down in South Wales. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Mm. So, uh, what was the best part about it? Do you think? Oh gosh, just the best part. Was it finishing it, or do you think it was think on the just way? Just the whole journey, that everything about it. Um, it was uh, getting into Santiago, wasn't it? I mean, that it was really, saying. really special. Um, I'll never, I can't describe it really. It was lovely. It was a gorgeous day. You're so lucky. I was so physically and emotionally and mentally like exhausted from the past 32 days. Um, I don't think the challenge, you know, that it hit me that I'd done what I'd just done. Mm. Um, and then as I started walking in, these bagpipes started playing. Oh, I love bagpipes. And it was just like, such a beautiful like welcome you know as if it was just for me but obviously yeah. there was pilgrims behind and it was and it was for you, <laughs> it was for you. and uh it was just so emotional and you're just crying you're just like you're so happy that you've done it and you've met all these amazing people and you've uh, but you're so so sad that it's over because you just want it to go on forever do you know what i mean <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I think was... you, I think you'd never feel like that unless you've done it. I suppose oh. you'd never get into that, into that frame of mind. So lucky to, and just I just feel so, um, lucky. You know, incredible to share it with the people that I yeah. met as well because you know you can talk like, it's people like they can experience it. You know, it's just hard to comprehend when you haven't done it. Yeah, yeah. I can't compare it like the community anything that I've done in my life but I will, I'll remember it forever good good that's lovely to hear about that thank, oh. thank you for, <laughs> for telling us about that because I say it's a uh, it's a good story about the Camino and uh, I can see now why you were Kerry Camino I think I, I need to that. change you back to Kerry Camino don't <laughs> I, do, I? <laughs> it's better than Kerry Africa or Kerry uh, <laughs> Annapurna <laughs> so I think Kerry Camino it goes goes well uh What's next for Kerry? Or are you just not going to tell us like you normally do? Well, 
what's next? I spoke to Lee, who I finished with yesterday, and he was. We were talking about the terrain and the length and how how amazing we'd done over the fifty miles. And he mentioned um, an ultra, seventy mile ultra called the Wall from Carlisle to Newcastle. Oh, Adrian's Wall. Yeah, yeah. I thought that oh, sounds okay. quite nice. Um, but no, I don't know. Um, this winter, I definitely need a, a sort of a Camino. So um, I've spoke to my friend who I met on the Camino and we're hoping to meet up in Portugal oh. and do the Fisherman's Trail. Oh, so that's right. a two-week trail. Right. So hoping that's early stages. So we're looking at that. So I just want to get a backpack on my back for a while. And after the two ultras, I think I just, yeah, do a bit of strength training now, a bit of um, rebuilding. Yeah. um, It's been a busy year. Yeah. You've done a lot of training because I've seen it. We knew you were going to do something. (laughs) We just couldn't pinpoint what it was going to be. Which one it was going to be. Kerry... It has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. And you know what? I knew it would be a long chat. Um, and it is a long chat. I won't tell you how long it is. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of it going to be left in because um, some of them stories are fantastic. It's always lovely speaking to people like yourselves about things that, you know, mere mortals like us can just uh, can dream of doing. But listening to you saying time and time again, you can do it. You just need to get out there and do it, and, yeah. and and you know, and that's that's the the attitude that people need, I, I think, to do it. Uh, and I don't know whether you know I, I mentioned it earlier, but the, the the quote that you gave us about on the Camino Trail about patience, you know, that no matter how fast or slow you go in a day, you're always going to reach your destination. And I think that's um, that's a a good. Um, thing for people to remember in their heads that you know don't don't rush your life because it doesn't matter you know if you're not going to win things just enjoy them and uh, yeah take your time and just get there in the end and uh, that's I think that's a good good lesson to be learned yeah Kerry thank you so much for coming and talking to us I know you were very very nervous about doing it and I hope you've enjoyed it I have I know I know There'll be so many people telling me how, how great you were. <laughs> I could touch with that. Uh, send our very best regards to Chris, a wonderful, wonderful man. Um, <laughs> you know, just a lovely, lovely people. Um, so send our regards to him. I don't know. He, he must be to allow, you know, not to allow you to do these things, but to to see you doing all these things he must be he must look yeah he, he knows well. i need to s- spread my wings and feed my soul so he kicks me out of, in the winter and says oh, go for it and come just as long as you come back to me you can go yeah, and you're very lucky to have that <laughs> yeah as well. you're very lucky to have each other so uh, uh, it's, it's lovely take care thank Can't you <laughs> Oh, that was so good. What a woman she is. She's so funny. <laughs> I had such a good time in interviewing her. I know she was incredibly nervous, uh, but what a story. She's been all over the world. She's she? achieved so much, and she's still got so much more she wants to achieve as well. Uh, and lo- and she's lovely. What a, you know, her and Chris, fantastic people. Uh, I just, just, we, we 
thoroughly enjoyed our time at um, the, the Snowden Ultra with her. And um, I, I loved I loved talking to her. Could have gone on for hours and hours, and she could have as well. So uh, thank you, Kerry. That well was, done, Kerry. And, and do you know it's not easy because I know when I started, um, you know, doing this talking thing on this podcast, I I also get very nervous. It's not natural. So well done. I don't know why because nobody listens to it. Yeah, but There's the fact that person. people might listen to it yeah. no I don't know I'm just it's not as natural to me so and I think Kerry is the same it's not as natural to everybody no, so right. did very, a great job very well done yeah yeah brilliant okay moving on then um, one before we go um, big weekend coming up this is obviously going out on Friday night on the 23rd so uh, what's happening on Sunday the 25th Landed no triathlon is happening on Sunday the 25th. It's been years since, uh, well, a big gap of years and years yeah, since this event was in Landidno, and now Always Aim High have taken it on and it's taking place this Sunday. So there are lots of gogs racing, so good luck to you all. For those who aren't racing, there are a big um, it's a big contingent going to support. Um, I'm mm-hmm. working, unfortunately, so I can't make it. But I know there's an awful lot of gogs going to support. I'll be there. So for those who are going, if you want to join other gogs, then they're setting up a station. Or we're setting up a station. I know I'm not physically there, but I will be with you in spirit. In spirit. Um, so just past the yellow grip bin on the Orm. That's the aim. Just um, by the entrance to the lighthouse, I think it is there on that steep part there. That's, um, yeah, so you'll be set up there. Mm-hmm. Um, although anywhere else on the course, you know, wear your gog kit, show some support. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, it will be very gratefully received by our triathletes. It's a super series decider. So um, we need some great performances out there on Sunday to uh, to allow us to retain the super series because we are behind uh, at the moment. But there's, I think, I think I counted around about 57 gogs or something like that going, which is an amazing turnout. Um, on Sunday, so uh, should be good. Should yep. be good. Best of luck to you all. Um, hopefully, you don't meet any of the our special little friends in the water. Say little, didn't you say they grow to two and a half meters by one and a half meters? Yeah. These barrel jellyfish, twenty-five kilos they can get to. And I think Ali's hit one, hasn't she? Ali Barber's hit one. She said it's like it in a uh, a, a uh, one of those a bus <laughs> yeah yeah a mini something like that so uh, fingers crossed you don't um yeah you don't come across one of those yeah, swim around it and um yeah and uh, cycle safely around that arm but go fast go fast but safely as well and uh, i'll see you up uh, uh, by the grip bin on sunday um cheering you on as well we'll have a bit of music and all the flags going and things like that right so sorry yeah. can't be with you but there we go there we go so that's about it isn't it what a momentous a momentous episode that was. Yes. You know, seven new Iron Man. I don't know what the plural of Iron Man, Iron Man is. I don't know, but seven of them anyway. Well done. And um, and a double brutal as well. And two. Oh, and a new ultra runner. Oh, yeah. Yours truly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, hopefully next time we'll have <coughs> um, an Iron Man on uh, to chat about it. Yes. Uh, or maybe two. That'd be interesting. That'll be good. Um, but until then, good luck on Sunday, uh, all those that are racing. And um, look forward to seeing the results. In, look forward to seeing you around the course on Sunday. We're not going running. We're going to crack open a bottle of wine to celebrate. 
our achievement. <laughs> we can't keep celebrating. <laughs> it's, it's Wednesday, we're still celebrating. You can eat what you want, you're an ultra runner. Right, see you all next time. Bye.